listening to CPR. My name is Rex. And my name is Josh. It certainly is. How was your week, Josh? Oh, my week has gone great. First of all, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we have a Rip Roaring podcast set Rip up for Roaring. you guys. Wow. Yes. But first, if you would like to know, my week, I, um, so I, so I'm finished with school officially, <laughs> finished with 11th grade. So technically I can tell people I'm a senior. Go Josh. So, you know, when you're done with, um, the school year, you know, there's this thing called summer that, um, I don't know, I guess is maybe a foreign concept in my family because I have been forced to do SAT prep and I'm going to have to do that every day all summer, which basically cancels out my summer. That sounds wonderful. It sounds awful, Rex. It really does. I'm so glad I didn't take and the SAT. Because I had, I actually, I had scheduled an SAT like three months ago or something. And you didn't I do show it. up and there's just a sign on the door that says, oh, canceled due to COVID. Sorry, guys. Ugh. And this was before the coronavirus was like actually a big thing. Yeah. So we were super frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. So now, oh, it's in August that I have my SAT, and so I have to prepare all summer. Not cool. What happened in your week, Rex? Wow, that's a bummer. Not a whole lot happened in my week. On Sunday, I went to church because my church is still open. We haven't been shut down by the government yet. Hey! <laughs> and so I uh, did that, and then I worked. And then on Monday, I honestly have no idea what I did on Monday. Did you breathe? I sure hope so. Um, yeah, I have no clue what I did on Monday. I, and Tuesday, I did boring stuff in the morning and then hung out with people in the afternoon. And then Wednesday, I did boring stuff all day and then went to work. Oh, and, I like how work is outside the category of boring stuff. Well, it, it's below. Oh. Like, it's worse than boring. And then today I did boring stuff all day and now I'm here recording a podcast. And people are going to be like, oh, listening to this podcast is some boring stuff. I know, right? (laughs) All right. So just so you have a heads up for what to expect for today's Rip Roaring podcast. Rip Roaring. I like that word. It reminds me of the, you know, the Roaring Waters Capri Suns. Oh, it does. The ones that are just kind of watered down. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about those. Because they're not bad, but they're not great. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so today we're going to discuss phone usage phone and usage. the culture, how culture has accepted it. Election update, because we are America's election headquarters. Election update. Rex and Josh talk CPR. Yeah, that's where you turn to for all your breaking news. And then we're going to also talk about, so last week we talked about young earth theories, and this week we're going to talk about old earth theories. <gasps> oh, no. And then next week we turn to middle earth. Ah, I like that one. But that was good. Thanks. That was like a quality pun. Glad you like that, And it was Lord of the Rings related, so I, I am always happy about that. Um, as always, um, e- um, send us an email at um at Josh or Rex and Josh <laughs> CPR at gmail.com and on Instagram and Twitter Rex and Josh CPR. Right? Did I say that right? At Rex and Josh CPR. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So, Rex. Josh. What are your first thoughts when we talk about phone usage and how it has become such a culturally accepted thing to be on your phone when there are people around? There's a... Like everything we talk about on this podcast, I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of nuance to this topic. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people that think the tendency is to just get on your phone because you have nothing better to do. Um, like, uh, for example, when I'm on my phone, sometimes I'm just mindlessly scrolling through social media. That is definitely something that I do and probably more often than I should, but that's not the only thing that I use my phone for. A lot of the time I am either watching a YouTube video or listening to a podcast and learning something. I I do that a whole lot too. So would this podcast happen to be called Rex and Josh talk CPR? Uh, no, I already listened to that one plenty of times on my computer, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) but there's a lot of knowledge to be gained. So I definitely understand that aspect of it, but I think there is a lot of mindless scrolling that people do, and it has just become this thing of, oh, it's just what you do when you're bored. Mm -hmm. I notice, um, and I totally do this a lot of times too, so I moved uh, to the Carolina area maybe a little under two years ago. Yeah. Um. And so I was like the new kid on the block and going to youth groups, stuff like that. <laughs> and um, it was really hard for me to uh, talk to new people because I was not really extroverted at yeah. that point. So um, uh, going up to new people and it was just much easier to just kind of sit in the corner. I didn't really have a phone at that point. But once I got a phone, I'd be like sitting in the corner. I'd be like, which I think a lot of people do in new situations yeah, instead of sure. trying to um outreach to new people they just immediately gravitate towards their phone Mm -hmm. and i know sometimes i just go on my phone with people are talking about something that i have no knowledge of not like in like in a group setting you know Mm -hmm. um i do i go on my phone just to look like i'm important or i have something better to do yeah or um which number one is like totally disrespectful (laughs) (laughs) number two is just um, rude kind of sometimes mm-hmm. that I do. And number three, I'm not even looking on anything on my phone. I usually just go in an app and exit out of it just yeah. to look like my fingers are doing something. I know that I have done this both on my computer and on my phone. I've either closed an app or a web page and then reopened that exact same thing. I remember a couple of weeks ago I was, um, on Twitter and I typed twitter.com into the address bar at the top like i was going to another site (laughs) but yeah i i can definitely see that and it's not just phones it's really for me at least in social situations i'm not the greatest and so i've tried to be better about this but before i had a phone it was books i would bring a book with me places and just read that um now sometimes i can just like be tired if i'm tired i'll just lay my head down and i can use that as an excuse to ignore people it's really easy to be in that place and just to find a cop out yeah and i've noticed when i'm in several um like public school-esque situations you know Mm -hmm. um that i see a lot of people it's almost like everybody's doing it and it's it's not only that 
being on your phone is kind of like the exception and then there are these people that are talking now it's become the rule mm-hmm. where just being on your phone is the go-to and talking to people is kind of the exception yeah in and some I, certain circumstances and i don't think that that's anything wrong with public schoolers i think it's just that in a lot of homeschooled circles that we're in a lot of people either don't have phones or get phones much later in life um and use them for much different reasons so it's not this all-consuming thing in a lot of cases but now i see kids that are growing up with cell phones and ipads in their hands from the day they're born because it's an easy way to get your kid to be quiet which i totally get the desire for parents to do that it it becomes this compulsive addictive thing really quickly Mm -hmm. and what do you think about the idea that it kind of having a phone in your hand kind of gives maybe like a false sense of importance or dignity or validity or something like that uh i'm not sure i can definitely use it to pretend that i'm doing something important or worthwhile um and i do important worthwhile things on my phone um i use it for business and discussion and stuff like that but i also um i can also just pick it up and check my phone to see oh i need to check on this thing you know Mm because i got important stuff to do but i think also um it's kind of a defense mechanism because a lot of people and i know that this has been said to a lot of people do this with lying from what i've heard i saw some sort of psychology study if somebody's lying and they want to get away with it they'll tend to put them put objects between them and the person they're lying to and i think this might apply to other social situations like if you just don't want to talk to somebody putting something between yourself and them can be a way to kind of push them away so it might be people trying to avoid awkwardness or uncomfortable situations yeah that's interesting like i the fact that i have a mic in between um myself and rex yeah we're just lying to each other for 40 (laughs) minutes straight (laughs) you have anything else to add about that no i think that's good for now all right Election update election 2020. Update. Welcome to your election HQ. My name is Josh. And my name is Sean Hannity. All right, Sean. So what are your initial thoughts when you hear... So there is a new poll that Sorry, showed... I, I can't do a Sean Hannity impression, so I'm not going to try I don't that. think anybody can do a Sean Hannity impression. He sure can, but that's Oh, yeah, it. he's pretty good at that. <laughs> There's a new poll that shows Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Up by 14 points. Of course, this is a CNN poll. What What are these points? So it's out of 100. So it's like... So it's a percentage. Yeah, basically. Okay. Okay. I, I can work with percentages. That's like a huge lead right now. Like mm-hmm. like one or two points. So like there's probably a margin error of two points or something like that. Okay. That would That's still a really that's big lead. 12 to 16 points, which is, yeah, that's... So what are your thoughts about Biden being so far ahead in the polls? I think it's kind of surprising. And I I definitely think that there's they probably should have included more than just Trump and Biden in the poll, because I know that that is um, that's the majority. But I think there's a lot of people that are either doing um, at least from what I've seen on Twitter, there's a lot of people. Uh, especially in like democratic circles that really hate the fact that they have to vote for Biden, but they feel that he's their only good option. But I'm definitely very surprised that, um, that there are as many people 
that are supporting Biden as there are, because there's a lot of people that are not happy that he's their only option. So it um, turns out that, you know, Biden has been holed up in his basement for about two months or yes. so. And um, his numbers have gone progressively up the longer he's in his basement. So, like, he's come out a couple times since then. Mm-hmm. But um, or Have there been big dips in support <laughs> every time he comes out of the basement? <laughs> Keep so, him locked up. Turns out the um, official... Um, election strategy for team biden is to keep the former vice president locked up in his basement doesn't sound like a bad plan i think everybody's happier that way (laughs) um so it's just just the the more he speaks like the more that his numbers kind of go down you know yeah for sure he's said a lot of wacky stuff in recent weeks and months for sure yeah i think that's that's just funny um, and given that um, Biden is so prone to kind of mistakes in his speaking, do you think that his team would consent to a presidential debate? Because um, it's kind of an interesting thing to, I mean, obviously Trump would probably cream Biden in a debate, like a live debate, more than likely, because Trump doesn't kind of lay low in those things. No, he does not. I, I think the... The thing that could hurt Trump in that event is just him saying things that people don't like. Biden says things that make people angry on accident. Trump says them on purpose because he's different. He's just not the status quo sort of president. And so I think the the things that Trump say that make people angry could hurt him in a debate. But I don't know, because honestly... I'm not sure about anything politically anymore. There is so much crazy stuff. Just even if we're ignoring everything else, the coronavirus and all that, even if we're just looking at the two main candidates, they're both so different from anything we've had before. If we're talking the past 50 or 100 years, it's just kind of ridiculous where politics is at. It's, I, I don't think anybody could have expected or planned for where we're at in politics. So I have no idea where a debate would go. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, I think it's something interesting to think about. There have been, I think there have been lots of instances where uh, presidents who, incumbent presidents who have their approval so high do not mm-hmm. consent to debates because that would probably just bring them lower. Yeah. And um, this is kind of a reverse scenario. Do you, yeah. And if Biden has high numbers going into the time where there would be debates and he knows that his numbers would probably go down because of the debates. Does he know that? Uh, I don't know what Joe Biden knows. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> he knows his basement. I, I would like to see the response on both sides. Well, I think I know what the Republican response would be. But I I would like to see especially the Democratic response to what would happen if Joe Biden turned down the debate. Um, Or even if he accepted that, I just want to, ignoring even what happens in the debate, I would love to see just the response of whether he says yes or no, what his supporters and those that are, whether they're willing supporters or not, um, what they would think of that. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, the right would try to label Joe as a coward, et yeah, cetera, for sure. et cetera, um, if he turned down the debate. And they would be like, 
and I don't know if they would have much of a response if he accepted. All right, so last week, moving on to our um, next topic, last week we um, discussed some of the young earth, the, the evidences for the young earth cre- uh, creationist we point of view. We certainly did. And also, so, I, and I said, um, we'd talk about some of the old earth theories this time and no promise goes unbroken speaking of which um on like episode two or something we said that they'd send a picture of me in a black turtleneck sweater we will not forget we're gonna go to or rex said he was gonna go to goodwill or something and try to find a turtleneck sweater we will get that picture up on instagram as soon as possible we honestly weren't respect expecting quite the response that we got to the podcast yeah. because we hit 25 followers before the episode had even gone out. And so I was kind of shocked and we were talking about whether we should increase the number or something. And, but we're just going to keep it where it's at and uh, we'll find a, a turtleneck for Josh soon. So no promise goes unbroken. So we are going to discuss some of the old earth theories Indeed. and Rex do you mind playing kind of the devil's advocate to Not some of my arguments? So um, one of the most popular old earth theories is called the gap theory. Um, it's uh, the supposed gap um, between Genesis um, uh, chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And just for those of you who cared, my the version... NASB. Yeah, that, the NASB. And that's what I have The NASB. The good old NASB. So um, the gap theory essentially says there's a gap of millions, billions, however many years between verses 1 and 2. Um, that was when the dinosaurs were... And um, God made a mistake, and he's like, I'm starting over. And so he kills, kills all the dinosaurs and then starts again, and that's where we would pick up at verse 2. I'm trying to get this in my mind. This I've never really ever thought about that, especially with the earth was formless and void. Why are there still dinosaurs? But I'm doing my job wrong. So, yeah, continue. Um, and so... And there are lots of different versions of the gap theory. And if you believe in the gap theory or any of the subsequent theories I'm going to present and you don't feel that I fully address them, as always, send a question to Rex and Josh, CPR at gmail.com. Yeah. We or, are not in any way, shape, or form experts on any of the topics that we discuss. So that <laughs> if you feel we haven't fairly represented something, we absolutely want to know. Yeah. All right. So this was when the dinosaurs were and God started again. So the problem that I find with this is, so in verse 2, it says the earth was formless and void. Well, what two substances or what two forms of substances are formless and void? That's a gas and that's liquid. Mm -hmm. And so we are like, well, is it gas or is it liquid? And then we get our answer later on in verse 2. The Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, there you have it. The earth was basically a big ball of water in the beginning. Got it. Um, So, and a lot of reasons they 
talk about the gap theory is for the dinosaurs and for to account for the billions of years with the carbon dating, uh, the fossil fuel, etc., uh, etc. You know, yeah. the um, just the age of the earth dating methods. Mm-hmm. But since it was a big ball of water, there wouldn't be any rocks. There wouldn't be anything like that for uh, the fossils to form in or to have you know the carbon trapped in the carbon trapped in I can't speak which would that wouldn't account for the billions of years anyway in the first place which okay. um in my opinion is like well there goes the main reason for assuming that in uh, the first place and also there's the problem of well God killed all the dinosaurs or all the dinosaurs died but that's before sin and i i see a big theological issue of putting death before sin because i mean if if you ask me like uh the whole reason that jesus had to die for our sins because death and sin are so closely intertwined Mm -hmm. and if there was death before there was sin then that would negate the whole reason of why jesus had to die Okay. Which, so that's why I see a big theological issue with the gap theory. And there are several other issues of it, uh, with it as well. And there are also several other facets that I do not know in detail and we don't have time to discuss, etc., etc. Okay. Um, another popular theory, and this is um, a lot of noted, like, old earth apologists use the theory of the the days of creation weren't actual days uh, mm-hmm. they were longer they use the verse um and i wish i would have found the reference but it's um a thousand years is but a day to the lord you know yeah and th- this again if you have a thousand years or more billions of years millions of years etc if you have that long, animals are going to die before the fall, before sin. And then you would have, the again, the problem of death before sin. And okay. also there's um, there's a problem. Well, would they, though? Yeah. Would they die? Oh, are you saying that they the animals wouldn't die? Maybe they wouldn't die. That's an interesting because perspective. If you if you take a look in Genesis, God said, if you eat of the fruit, you will surely die, if I'm not mistaken. So... Maybe they would. Maybe humans would be immortal if they hadn't eaten the fruit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's entirely possible. And it's Second uh, Peter three eight. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. Um. So on day three, God creates all the plants, and then on day four, He creates the sun, moon, the stars. Plants cannot survive many years without uh, the sun. I mean, obviously, photosynthesis, things like that. They would be able to survive one day, but they would not be able to survive uh, many thousands of years, millions of years without the sun. What do you think about that? I, I agree with you definitely that plants can't survive without the sun, but we're also talking about animals living for a thousand years without dying so it couldn't it be that plants could just last that long maybe maybe the fact that plants need food and water or sunlight and water to survive is uh, another result of the fall yeah but if we're talking about the animals not dying then then where do the dinosaur fossils fit into that 
well, the dinosaur fossils may have been a more recent development. So it's entirely possible that this theory could be true and dinosaurs lasted well into the lifetime of humans before going extinct. Yeah. And um, let's also talk about dinosaurs next week. We can talk about where dinosaurs fit into the Bible. And what our favorite dinosaurs are. My favorite is the Ankylosaurus. Do you know that? The Ankylosaurus? Uh Uh-huh. That's my favorite dinosaur. (gasps) No way! What? We have telepathy. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for the brief sidetrack there. That's kind of crazy, though. There's also there's also another theory of it's called it's the multiple Eden theory. Have you heard about this? I have not heard of this. Uh, where uh, the Bible focuses on Adam and Eve, but God created several quote unquote gardens. Ooh. So then that's where like Cain and Abel got their wives, and I mean even if it's not true, that's a great book series but there there's the problem genesis uh, 320 eve means literally the mother of all the living mm-hmm. um and some of the, the reason that i bring um some of these up i was talking to my mother the other day or yes, yesterday actually and mm-hmm. she's she remembered struggling with creation and how to rectify what she was learning in sunday school with what she was learning in science class with e- evolution yeah and the Sunday school teachers gave her the gap theory. They gave her the multiple Eden theory mm-hmm. to kind of, I don't know, just maybe explain away um, to try to fit the biblical worldview with the secular one. And I personally believe that we should take the biblical worldview and move on from there. Okay. Um, instead of trying to conform the Bible to what is generally um and culturally accepted but that's that's just my thoughts what are you what do you think about that i definitely i definitely agree that it's it's a lot easier to to find things that fit both and just use that i i definitely cannot say what is right or wrong i i can't say that the gap theory is not correct i can only believe what i believe i can't make anybody else believe that and i can't make it true whether i want it to be or not but i i will say that I agree. It's definitely a lot easier to try and find things that fit both what we want to believe and what others want us to believe rather than just believe what we want. Because it's, uh, I know, and you know this, I am a people pleaser. I will do absolutely anything in my power to get everybody on the planet to like me um, because I don't like it when people don't like me. And that can be really bad for me because it can cause me to do and say things that I don't a hundred percent believe simply because I want people to have an upstanding opinion of me. And so that is part of where the struggle begins. I'm sure there's some people that absolutely believe this is true and have some evidence that they could show us that would maybe make us question what we believe. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also a lot out there that maybe even the origin of these theories where people were scared to not be liked i think that fear of rejection by people which is absolutely something i struggle with and i'm sure there's plenty of other people that do too me too that fear of rejection is so powerful and i'm not saying if you believe in the gap theory or any of these other older theories i would love to hear more about them because i am very intrigued i think it's important for all of us including josh and i take a look at your worldview and make sure that it is not being driven by a fear of something. 
Make sure your worldview is being driven by confidence. Um, for Josh and I, it is confidence in God. And that is the primary source of what we believe. And I'm sure it is for you too, um, for a lot of you out there. But I know that in years past, and even recently, I'm sure, I've had things that I have said or believed that only because I was afraid. And that's not a good place to be in. So I want to challenge all of us, me and Josh included, to look at the things that we believe and the things that we do and make sure they're not driven out of fear because that's a really bad place to be. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing that, Rex. You were, that was pretty awesome. Sorry, that was kind of long and rambly no, and not super related. Do not but... <laughs> even say that because that is entirely false. Uh, just piggybacking off of what you're saying, I, I believe that always our worldview should be driven by um, what we what what we read in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't draw things from outside and then try to conform the Bible to them, but it should be the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just believe that we should always go to the Bible first for our questions, kind of like what you were saying, Rex. But I do think it's also important for us to take a look at things that don't necessarily conform to the Bible, because if we don't, it especially for answering questions like this. I, I know almost nothing about the gap theory. Um, but if somebody comes to me with questions about the gap theory, I'm not going to be able to respond well to that. So I think it's good to understand with something. Ev- uh, to <laughs> That was not words. Um, it's good to have an understanding of something, even if we don't necessarily agree with it. So. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always good to... It's not necessarily um, like an ostrich hiding your head in the sand that's yeah. not what i was necessarily no, saying absolutely but definitely agree uh yeah know what other people think and all, more importantly know that what you believe as well yeah do you want to turn to some of our peer questions peer questions i sure do josh all right so we have lots of peer qu- questions this time we might not get to all of them this week we'll see all right so do you feel that the country or world this is from kyle uh becomes very alarmist after a huge event such as school shootings or most recently george floyd if so do you think there will be consequences of going to the extreme or uh, that there will be consequences later in the future that's a good question yeah, I do believe that we should take precautions. Unfortunately, sometimes it's too little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, going off the school shootings, um, increased security, uh, not letting students have weapons on campus, um, that type of thing. It, those are good ideas. I don't believe that those are extreme. There are other extremes such as, or I mean, what do you think about this, Rex? I, I think that people can become very alarmist about things. Uh, it's easy to get scared. What's scary to me is how used to things we become. Because 20 years ago, if there had been a school shooting, and there there were some in that in that time, um, pe- people go nuts. It, it's people are terrified because it's like, hey, this is a horrible event that never should have happened. Yeah. But it's it doesn't mean that it's any less terrible that things happened but now if i hear about a shooting in the news i'm like 
my, my initial response is, oh, another shooting, which it shouldn't be. That's awful that has, that has happened. But we've become so used to these things that instead of recognizing them for the horrible things that they are, we can kind of tend to blow them off. So I think it's important to not overreact to things, but where there are problems, recognize the problems and fix them. All right, so we have a question from Crystal. What do you think about the coronavirus disappearing from the news due to protests? Ooh, I I think that it's an example of human just single-mindedness and attention spans. We we can't really focus on more than one thing at a time. It's easy to lose sight of other things that are still important. Um, and also when I took my journalism class, this is it's it's part of the it's part of the news cycle. It's part of the you you go to the new news and you drop the old news yeah. no matter how important it was cuz people just want what's new, what's flashy. Mm-hmm. Um what's what they consider maybe more important it's just it's just part of what journalists do definitely all right so maybe we can snag one more question all right um before we get out of here all right so we have a question from caleb caleb how did you guys meet and whose idea was it to start the podcast all right so (laughs) i remember I am all alone in my new state, and I my um, I have no friends whatsoever. No friends. And then my mother's like, "Oh, I met this lady. Uh, she has two boys, and then one of their friends is also going to come over, and we're going to play a game." We are. And so I go over, and I meet these two boys, and they're nice. And I meet this guy named Rex. Mm-hmm. I was the other friend, and no. I was like. Eh, I guess he's all right, too. <laughs> uh, we played apples to apples. and did we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. And my favorite moment was I was like, I kind of like Rex when I realized when the word was dull and he gave, like, sharp knives or something like that <laughs> as the answer. That's how I play apples to apples. And from that, I was like, he's kind of funny. <laughs> um, just a little bit. And then we got to know each other and he realized it was a facade. <laughs> uh, as far as whose idea it was, I'll give the credit to Rex because I it was not my never idea. <laughs> have any good ideas. I like listening to like big talk radio people like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Handy and sometimes like Ben Shapiro type type people. And so I was impressed by that and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be the next Rush Limbaugh. Well we've and here I am. We've talked before about um, in the future, Josh is going to have a, a radio show and I'm going to be his producer. Um, and I think what we were walking around a lake one day and we just. Yeah, we just do we that started, sometimes. Yeah, we just walk around lakes, you know, like you do. Um, but we, we were just joking about what if we did a podcast? Wouldn't that be hilarious or something like that? Um, and then we, we kept walking. And like, but actually, though, like, what if we did a podcast? We should do that. I was like, I've got the stuff for it. And so now we're doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and you guys have to suffer through it. There uh, you go. Thank you guys so much, seriously, for all of your support, though. All the 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 likes on Instagram. I know that's a small thing. And the the great feedback that we get from our friends and even the non-friends that are just random people listening to our podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Absolutely. All right, maybe let's do one more short question. One more? We have a question from Chase. 
This is really short. Highly important question is the subject line. Oh, and boy. The question is, what's the superior fruit? Oh, no. No punctuation. Um, it doesn't need punctuation. We mm -hmm. know what he means. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you take this one. My favorite fruit is the apple. I believe that the apple is superior because it caused sin to enter the world. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it is a misnomer that the fruit that Adam and Eve ate was an apple that's the best joke we've ever had is not necessarily true rex is over here have a uh, dying um i might have to end the podcast by myself <laughs> he's like now rex is so red he's the color of an apple right that now that caught me so off guard <laughs> it's not even that funny that was so funny i'm proud of you josh thanks pal good job um i like a lot of different fruits it really depends on the mood i'm in um but I'm going to probably have to say mango because it's Ugh. a good fruit Gross. with pretty minimal effort. Apples can be hit or miss depending on the kind of apple. And pomegranates are just way too hard to prepare. So I'm going to go but with they're mangoes. Good. They're, pomegranates are great, but they take forever to get ready. Yeah. Pineapple's pretty good too. All right. On that note... <laughs> As always, if you'd like to see your question, and sorry if we didn't get to your question, we will next time, and I won't talk as long and ramble. <laughs> no, that's okay. It was a good podcast. We had some good questions to get to, and I'm sorry we missed them. We'll get to them next time, and if you have questions that you have not submitted yet, submit them. Where do they submit them, Rex? You can email us at rexandjoshcpr at gmail.com or at Instagram. At, not at Instagram. Don't send questions to Instagram for our podcast. Uh, but you can send them to at Rex and Josh CPR on Instagram and Twitter. There we go. And we look at every question. All of them. Mm -hmm. Every single question. I guess that's about it. It is. I've been Rex. And I am Josh. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.